All through the Scriptures, all through the Bible, one of the things that you see and read and hear about God is that God is not a taker. In fact, God is a giver. Of all of the places that you can look in the Scriptures to see this, there is one that is just glaring, and that is John 3.16, which says, and I, I remember it the way my K-5 kindergarten teacher taught me this at Morberry Baptist Church. God bless Miss Siegel, wherever she's at tonight. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave His Son. You know, uh, I, I got a Facebook message today from a lady in our church. She's an awesome person. I, actually, she didn't message this to me. She just put it out on her Facebook page. And I'd never embarrass her by telling you who it is. That doesn't really matter. But she said, you know, with everything going on in the world and everything going on in my life right now, their, their life, probably like most of ours, is a little bit crazy at times. Uh, she said, I just kind of feel blah about Christmas. Like, I don't really have the Christmas spirit. And I understand that. Maybe some of you relate. I don't want to see a show of hands because you know, that just wouldn't be right, would it? But a lot of us feel like we don't have the Christmas spirit. And I think it's because most of us have forgotten or just don't realize that the true spirit of Christmas is about giving. And in particular, it is about the gift that God has given to us through His Son, Jesus. Can I tell you about it? One of my favorite passages in the whole Bible is the Christmas story as Luke tells it in his Gospel. He says that a decree, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world, and when he says the whole world, he means the whole known world at that time, basically the whole Roman Empire, that the whole world should gather up each person going into his hometown to register for a census. You know, governments like to take census on their people so that they can count them and uh, register them and figure out how to tax them to build governments and, um, and fight wars and things like that. And so the Romans are about to expand their empire and so they're raising taxes. So Joseph took his wife, his promised wife, who was heavy with child and they went to Bethlehem. And while they were there, the days were accomplished and Mary brought forth her firstborn child, a son. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. But the angel said, Fear not, for behold, or listen, and there's exclamation there, listen, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which is for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find the baby wrapped in grave cloths or swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts singing, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Now again, I realize that we have kids all over the sanctuary tonight, and 
I don't have an hour that I can preach to you, but I want to tell you what God gives us through His Son Jesus at Christmas. And the first thing He gives us is the gift of inclusion. Have you ever thought about when you've looked at the Christmas story or you've listened to someone read it or maybe someone like me recite it, you know, why would God make such a big announcement, such a time-marking announcement to a group of shepherds? I mean, think about it. Uh, Some of you, when you've had children, you got so excited that you put an ad out in the local paper or you sent out invitations to friends and family to come to a, a shower And you wanted anybody and everybody to know it. And especially if you could get that in the upper crust of people in your society, just because you wanted everybody to know that you're about to have a baby. But then if you think about God and how awesome it is that He's going to have a son, instead of going into the marketplace and saying to the wealthy merchants, hey, uh, A son has been born. Here's the birth announcement. You guys come and see him. Instead of going into the local synagogues and saying to the scribes and the Pharisees, the professional religious people, hey, the guy that you're writing about in the prophecy, the guy that you've been learning about, the Messiah of God is here. You should come and check him out. You should come and see him. Instead, God makes this great announcement to a group of shepherds. Let me tell you about these shepherds. I, I, I can only remember ever being in one Christmas play as a kid growing up. And I had to be a shepherd. And uh, it wasn't really cool for like a 10 or 11 year old kid to be a shepherd because the outfit is just not cool in a children's Christmas pageant. Because basically you, you wear a bathrobe and then your mama fixes some kind of towel and they put it on your head. And, uh, and um, maybe you have uh, a walking stick or something like that. And when we look at shepherds, that's what we think about. And some of us, when we read the Christmas story, even though we're adults, we think about shepherds and we have this image of cute little kids walking in. Or we'll think of shepherds and they have, um, you know, maybe in pictures we see them with a, a little lamb draped over their shoulders. And, and these shepherds, they just look like sweet guys, don't they? They were not. They were rough and tumble. They were outcasts in their society. They, they were the cowboys. Brian, Brian and Shannon, you're from Texas. You, you know something about cowboys, don't you? Not the Dallas variety, the Dallas cowboys, but we don't have to talk about that, right? But you, you guys know about cowboys, and most kids, little boys anyway, growing up, wanted to be cowboys. That's who these shepherds were. In their day, they were the cowboys. These guys drank too much. They cursed a lot. They didn't have any manners. They were outcast of society culturally. But listen, they were also outcast religiously because these guys worked with live animals. It's a whole religious sort of thing. They were not allowed to go to the synagogue or into the temple to worship God. They were just loners. And so now thinking about that, add to it that God made the pronouncement of the birth of His Son to these shepherds. It's not so that He could exclude the religious people. It's not just so that He could do away with the people from the upper crust of society. But by going to these shepherds, He's saying to the whole world, you get to be included in what God is doing. Let me, let me tell you, 
at Rocky River Church, we're a church for people no matter who they are, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done, and no matter what's been done to them. We're a church for people who are seeking God, people who just want to come to church and kind of kick the tires and they're checking out the claims of Christ but haven't necessarily believed in Jesus yet. And so one of the things that I've learned over the last 12 or 13 years being a pastor to people who don't really know what to to do with Jesus is that most people feel like they are on the outside of religion looking in. Most people don't feel like we ought to be able to be a part, like we should not be included. But let me tell you something, the gift of Christmas, the very first gift, is what these angels declared to these shepherds, for unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let me tell you something, in the church, you get to be included. In the salvation story that God is writing in the world, you get to be included. For unto you is born the Savior. Here's the second gift that God gives us through Jesus at Christmas. And that's the gift of joy. Uh, you know, uh, we have an angel on top of our Christmas tree at home. I don't know if you have a star or an angel or a bow. I think Karen would probably prefer a bow, but I like the angel. And uh, our angel is, um, it's not very detailed. It's kind of like a... Um, any, I don't know, what, what is it like? It's like straw, sort of, but it's really pretty. I don't, I don't mean to make it sound too country or ugly or something like that. It's, it's kind of cool, but the angel is blowing a trumpet. And uh, maybe some of you have angels on top of your Christmas tree, but it looks like a really pretty blonde lady with long flowing hair and sort of a white gown and a little halo with the, uh, you know, over her head. You know what I'm talking about, right? That is not what angels are like in the Bible. Every time angels appear in the Bible, people are afraid. And so this spiritual being sent from heaven, this mouthpiece from God, not a pretty blonde lady up in the sky, but this angel appears and the shepherds are afraid. I mean, they're probably trembling. The angel sees that they're afraid, but he says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which is for all people. Listen, God is not just some cosmic killjoy living up in heaven waiting for the opportunity to make your life miserable. He came to take the misery away. He came to move the darkness out of your life. He came to give you joy. Now let me tell you something. Joy and happiness are not the same things. Do you know this? The difference between joy and happiness is that happiness has to do with the externals of life. Joy is something that we experience on the inside. Happiness, the externals mean that if everything's going right in my marriage, or if everything's going right on my job, or if I've got plenty of money to spend on Christmas this year so that I can get and give everything that I want, then I'm happy, then all is right with the world. But joy is something that we experience on the inside. And listen, true joy, don't miss this, stay with me. True joy is knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And let me tell you this as well. If you have the joy of Jesus living in your heart, it doesn't matter what the externals of your life are. It doesn't matter what's going on. You know, the book of Philippians is a book that Paul wrote. It's called the book of joy. You know where he wrote that book from? He wrote it from prison. But from prison, I mean in a prison environment that most of us could not even imagine, 
he was able to write about the joy of the Lord. The third gift that God gives us at Christmas through His Son Jesus is the gift of hope. The angels say, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem. You know, if our greatest need in life was education and information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need would have been technology, then God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need in the world was figuring out how to keep from driving off of this financial cliff, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need in life was for pleasure and fun, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need in life is for the forgiveness of our sins. And so God has sent us a Savior. He came to save us. But what does salvation mean, Pastor? What what does that mean that God wants to save me? God wants to save you from your past. Again, we don't have to see a show of hands, but you can just smile back at me if this is true for you. How many of you have a past? Ever screwed up? Oh man, let me just stop and think about this for a minute. Actually, I don't want to think about it too long. All of us have made mistakes, haven't we? All of us have a past that we need to be forgiven for. That's what salvation is. God forgives us of our past. But listen, God also gives us freedom from the problems that plague our lives right now. I told uh, our congregation this morning in our uh, carols and communion service a joke that a kid told me this week, like a third grader from one of the elementary schools. He said, um, Pastor, do you know why Santa's little helper is depressed this year for Christmas? And I said, no, why? He said, because he doesn't have any elf esteem. Get, get it? Get it? Let me tell you, self-esteem... It's a joke there, but in reality, in your life, self-esteem, that's no joke, is it? Being depressed, that's no joke, is it? Those things are real. Having hurt and pain in your life, living with some addiction, an addiction to alcohol, an addiction to drugs, maybe an addiction to food or pornography. Maybe a broken heart. Those things are real. And let me tell you something, that Jesus came to give us freedom from the problems that we experience right now that plague our lives. But also, salvation means that we have fulfillment for eternity. That through salvation, God gives us a home in heaven. One of my favorite passages of Scripture comes from John 14 where Jesus says, Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. You believe in God, then believe also in Me. In My Father's house there are many mansions, or there's room enough for you. If this was not true, I would have told you. And He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, then I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And he said, you know where I'm going and you know how to get there. But Thomas, the doubter, said, Lord, we don't know where you're going and how can we possibly know how to get there? And Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father except that he come by me. 
But God prepares a place for us in eternity with Him. Salvation means that you are fulfilled in eternity. Most of us know John 3.16, right? I just read that a few minutes ago, but John 3.17 is just as powerful. It says, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. You know what that means? That means that Jesus didn't come to put you down. He came to lift you up. It means that Jesus didn't come into the world to rub your sins in. He came to rub them out. And because of that, we have hope. And then finally, the fourth gift that God gives us at Christmas through His Son Jesus is the gift of harmony. The angel said to the shepherds, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all whom God favors. And God wants us to have peace with Him through a relationship with Jesus. But listen, He wants us to have peace in our relationships with other people. And listen, if Christmas is about anything, it's about making things right. It's about breaking down barriers. It's about building bridges and restoring broken and damaged relationships. It's the perfect time to say to somebody, I'm sorry. Christmas is the perfect time for you to pick up the phone and call a mom or a dad, a grandmother, a grandfather, a brother, a sister, an old friend from college and say, I'm really sorry. I'm messed up. Can we start again? Christmas is the perfect time for you to give forgiveness. See, there are some people in this room, you need to ask for forgiveness but you also need to give forgiveness. Some of you are struggling here tonight with a relationship. Maybe it's a marriage that's fallen apart. And you know, usually these things don't just happen with one event. Usually, marriages split up because of things that happen over time. And then lots of times when I'm sitting with someone in my office and They just tell me that their marriage is falling apart. They can't even really put it on just one thing because usually there's just a whole lot of things that have just built on top of each other. Christmas is the perfect time for a man and woman who are struggling in their marriage to just say, you know what, I can't do about anything about all the things that I've done in the past, but I can say I'm sorry. And then you can say to that spouse, I forgive you, and I'm sorry for my part too. And that spouse can say back to you, I forgive you. And you can put the past in the past. Luke tells us that it's practically impossible to love the God that we can't see while we hate people who are right in front of us that we can see. And I don't have to read minds to know that some of you are thinking, Jimmy, when you talk to me about forgiving my daddy, you just don't know what my daddy did to me. Or when you talk about me forgiving my mama, you don't know how uh, it w- or what it was like when my mama abandoned me. Or you don't know about the affair in our marriage. You don't know about the drinking problem. You don't know about the abuse. You don't know about the situation. What you're asking me to do is impossible. I can understand that. But listen, that's why you need God. With human human beings, many things are impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. First, you get peace with God in your life, and then you get the peace of God in your life. Then once you have the peace of God, then you have the power 
to make peace with other people, even that person that you cannot imagine forgiving. Can I wrap things up this way? And I want you to think about this. Some of us go year after year, Christmas after Christmas, giving and receiving, exchanging gifts, many of which just wind up a couple years later, you know, on a folding table in a garage sale. But never open the greatest gift a person could ever receive. Jesus. Hopefully later tonight after we have a little dinner with our our staff families, I'm going to go home because I don't have to get up and go to work tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow until tomorrow evening. If you're not, I'm sorry, but I'm our staff, we're off tomorrow. I've got about three Christmas movies I'm going to watch, and I'll save the best for a last Christmas vacation. Oh, yeah. You know why that movie's so funny? It's funny because every one of us have a little bit of Clark Griswold in us, don't we? And you know, we haven't done all of the stupid that. Well, I hope we haven't. You haven't done all the stupid things that Clark does, but most of us have done at least one or five of them, right? I mean, all of us have done some of these. You know what Clark wanted is he wanted a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. That's all he wanted. That doesn't seem like too much to ask for, does it? I mean, he and his wife, Ellen, they put out all the bucks to bring all the family in. They, you know, do a nice Christmas tree, sort of nice, I guess. I mean, they just do everything. They put everything, 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 everything together because it's going to be just right. And, of course, it falls apart. And in reality, you know, they're doing the same things uh, that Christmas that they've done all the Christmases past. They're just hoping for a different outcome. That's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. And some of you are going to have this kind of Christmas where you think that you've done everything right and this year you're really going to get Christmas, but you're going to wrap up the Christmas season probably on Christmas night. All the gifts have been exchanged. All the food is either eaten or put away and you're ready to make leftovers for months out of it. And you're going to have this nagging feeling lying in bed that something's just not quite right. And it never will be what it could be, what it should be, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so I want to give you the opportunity right now to invite Jesus into your life. And listen, some of you are going to make this decision tonight for the very first time because you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But there are some of you here tonight, and you have this nagging feeling on the inside that while, while, you, while you accepted Jesus at one time in your life, you know you haven't been following Him. Maybe you've been out of church. You've been meaning to go back. You just haven't. Maybe you're not intentional about listening to Him and doing what He says to do and to do what's next. Or maybe you feel like you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, but you've just never let Him be Lord of your life. And so I want to give you the opportunity tonight to allow Him to be the Lord 
in your life and really lead you and guide you. So let's pray right now. And, and again, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you pray this prayer with me. If you're here tonight and you feel like that December 23rd, 2012 needs to be one of those marker nights in your life where you can look back and say, you know, I wasn't really living for Jesus the way I should have been, but on December 23rd, I really got serious about following Jesus, then you pray this prayer with us, okay? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just say right now, dear God, this Christmas, I want your gift. I want Jesus Christ in my life. Maybe you would say, God, I've been trying to do life my own way. I've been trying to be the boss. I've been trying to decide what's right and what's wrong. But I'm just making a mess of things. Maybe you would just be honest to God right now and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I've got a past and I need forgiveness for it or from it. God, I've got problems in my life. I've got addictions or I've got struggles or I've got pain that are messing up my life right now. And I need freedom from them. And say something to God like this, God, I want to know that one day when my life is over on this earth, that I have a home with you in heaven for eternity. And now just say, Jesus, as much as I know how, I invite you into my life. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Give me freedom from my problems and give me a home in heaven. And now put your spirit inside of me and make me into the person that you want me to be. And now just say, Jesus, thank you for loving me and thank you for saving me. Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. And all God's people said together, Amen. Listen, when you, uh, when you came in tonight, you should have gotten a glow stick. Did you get that? Did you get it? Have you got them? Let me show you how to do these things. I don't have one in my hand right now. Is there one somebody can get me real quick? Teresa, you have one? Thank you. Let's all stand together. Now, let let me tell you, we have these glow sticks tonight for two reasons and not candles. Just everybody stand up together. One of the reasons we have these glow sticks tonight is because last year it took three of our staff members two full days to clean wax off these chairs. And uh, we don't worry too much about the floor, but man, the chairs are expensive. And, um, but we also thought, also thought that these would be cool because these are lights that we can carry out of here. And let me tell you something, that's exactly what those of us who have put our faith and our trust in Jesus ought to do. We ought to carry Jesus out of this place and into the world. So here's what, here's what you do. You shake these things up. So go ahead and shake them. Shake them. Now you break them.
If you can't break them, turn around to your wife and let her break them for you. Did I just say that? I was thinking it. Did I really say it? Yes, I said did. it? Okay. Listen. All right, look at me. Don't, don't get lost. Some of you are holding up your phone. That's okay as long as it doesn't ring. If it rings, you owe us 50 bucks. Look at me. It's the adults that are talking. It's not even the kids now. It's the adults. Isn't that something? You took your medication? I have mine too. The light of Christ has come into the world. You remember this. No matter what happens in this world, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that in the end, evil loses. Darkness will be pushed out. God wins. And if we remain faithful to Him, we win also. Be faithful. We're going to sing maybe my favorite Christmas song of all. It's O Holy Night. And uh, Greta and these singers back here, they sing it so beautifully that your temptation is going to be just to stand and listen to them. But I want to encourage you to sing. And we'll let this be a witness song of our faith in Jesus. And then I'll come back and We'll close in prayer. Wow, that's an awesome song, isn't it? Gosh, y'all do that so great. I'm not kidding. Um, you know, I'll, I get mushy. You know that, right? Y'all seen me get mushy through the years. Um, so I'll get a little bit mushy right now. I want to tell you guys, I, and you know, by the way, this is um, some of our last services for the rest of the year. We have two Christmas Eve services tomorrow night at 4.30 and 6.30. It'll be identical to this one. But then we're not having services next weekend. We're uh, giving all of our staff and volunteers and everybody next Sunday off. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, I hear you. Except you'll miss the preaching, right? I understand. I understand. I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Listening to all of our volunteers our ministry team leaders scattered out all through the congregation. I love you guys. Karen, where are you at? We, you and Annie and James, can y'all come stand down at the front for me? You know, lots of times people ask about our families and what we look like and who we are. Brian and Teresa, you guys come down here. Courtney, Donnie, Jason, St- well, not Jason, but Stacy. We don't want Jason down here with us. He's got an important responsibility back there. Um, come on, Donnie, you and Courtney hurry. I know Courtney's pregnant, but make her hustle. <laughs> Michael Dean, Stacy, you and Jason's kids, are they here anywhere? They're not here? Okay. Listen, these, these are our staff families, and aren't they pretty? Aren't they, aren't they awesome? And Elijah. And listen, you guys don't see Elijah every week because Elijah is uh, the worship leader at Grace Crossing Church uh, that meets over at Hickory Ridge High School. And uh, he can be 
Is that right, Hickory Ridge High School? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, he has the night off, so he came over to, to jam with us. But let me tell you something. These are the people right here that make our church work. If there's anything right that goes on around here, anything that you ought to be proud of, these are the guys who are responsible for it. And I just want you guys to know that I love you and I care for you more than you know, a lot more than I tell you, and that's for sure. But I just want the congregation to give you a big hand. Will you guys do that? And, and I think most of these guys are going to be out in the lobby, and so come by and shake hands. And uh, Well, we won't shake hands because everybody's sick, right? We can do fist pumps, we can do chest bumps, and things like that. But, okay, thank you guys. Y'all can go back to wherever you were. Love you guys. Uh, I think that's all the serious stuff, isn't it? Y'all want to have some fun? You want to have a little bit of fun? Let's have a little fun. We've got one more song and a special guest. So you guys just um, jamming out. And listen, when, uh, when you finish with the song, I'll come and we'll close everything out in prayer. Sound good? All right, man. Don't hold back now. Man, I hate... Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So has it been a good time? Has it been a meaningful time? Feel like you got the Christmas joy now? God bless you guys. Let me, let me pray for us and you, you can be dismissed. You know, um, Donnie normally does the welcome. He's really good at connection cards and uh, talking about our offering. But um, we would really appreciate your financial gift tonight. Our ushers will be at the exits on your way out. Uh, you, can, you can leave an offering. If uh, you're a guest with us tonight, make sure that you fill out your connection card and tonight, if you prayed to invite Jesus into your life, take just a minute before we get gone, because I think these guys are going to jam maybe a little bit more right here. Uh, so just take a minute, fill out your connection card, and somewhere on the front or the back of it, write a B, and we'll know that you're believing in Jesus tonight, and we can follow up with you this week and help you make some important next steps. If you don't have a Bible, stop at our Next step Steps kiosk. In fact, you don't even have to stop. You can just run by, grab a Bible. They're free. You can run right out the door. And uh, we also have some new believer journals out there. Those are free as well. So, good time, good service, Merry Christmas, let's pray. God, thank you for, I don't know, an hour or so of just meaningful time together and, and fun. God, forgive us when we make church irrelevant and boring. That's our doing, not yours. It's exciting to know Jesus, to think about Jesus, and to experience Him. And so thank you for the opportunity to have a little bit of fun, but to think about the serious things. The Gospel is serious. And God, I pray that those of us who know Jesus, hopefully all of us, when we walk out of this place, we'll take Jesus with us. We'll live like Jesus. Not just for the next couple of days, not just through December 25th, but every single day. Thank you again for Jesus. It's in His name that we pray. All God's people said together, Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. You're dismissed.